We don't seem to be getting anywhere. Good evening. Welcome to a Tuesday installment of Perspectives on America. I'm your host, Jeffrey Bennett, for the next couple of hours. I sit there and look at other headlines. From gas stoves to dishwashers, laundry detergent. Plastic straws, washers, dryers, hot water tanks, plastic bags, dishwashers, home appliances, 
are in the crosshairs of America's green crackdown. But what does the evidence actually show about their effect on emissions? Democratic New York City lawmaker last week introduced a bill to ban laundry detergent packs like Tide Pods. That's their latest attempt to crack down on household goods because of climate change fears. Stores and laundromats would face a fine of up to $1,200 for repeated violations. And that's just in New York City. All of this is the latest in a series of green regulations that target household products. Rules that have frustrated some consumers and business groups. Of course, let's not forget they want us all to buy Teslas or Chinese-manufactured EVs. Gas prices have gone up again here. I was laying down for a short while yesterday afternoon. My phone kept telling me I was getting texts. And then I got a phone call. I don't know why I was not really sleeping. But with the phone ringing, I turned to see who it was, and I was shocked. It's my cousin. I've not spoken with her in probably five, six years. Called to wish me a happy birthday, and we were on the phone for an hour and a half. She and her husband live in Oklahoma, just north of Oklahoma City. Tell me about what was going on with gasoline prices there. And it sits there in the 275 range per gallon. Arizona has gone from 299 back up to insane amounts. Mid three, mid to upper three dollar a gallon range, and I swear this is all designed more and more to force us into these god awful priced electric vehicles. I look at food, price of pork has risen forty two percent in just one month. New animal welfare law has now taken effect. Proposition 12. According to the USDA, the average wholesale price for domestic pork soared from 250 per pound in early January to 355 earlier this month, marking a 42% increase in less than a month. Fluctuating wholesale pork prices are directly affecting consumer costs. Additionally, the price for imported pork belly from Mexico and Canada surged over 50% year-on-year attributed to the animal welfare laws implementation. Where, Where do all these things come from? Interesting. Green regulations targeting household products, animal welfare laws implementation. 
And now the USDA expects farm income to plummet in 2024. Projections from the U.S. Department of Agriculture say net farm income is expected to decrease $43.1 billion this year compared to 2023. That's the largest year-to-year drop in history. All aligns with what we've been seeing because commodity prices have been dropping. Expenses have been going up. Those words from Steve Ameren, spokesperson for the New York Farm Bureau. Some of the factors the USDA, USDA attributes to the de- decrease. It's an average of $72,000 for every farm in the U.S. Includes lower commodity prices, lower direct government payments, higher production expenses. The report says commodity prices, that's the amount farmers are paid for their products, are expected to decrease by 21.2% from last year to this year. Both crop and animal product sales are expected to decrease for corn, soybeans, eggs, turkeys, cattle, milk. Meanwhile, we continue to pay more for all of these goods at the grocery store. But then, of course, they're trying to get rid of pork and beef and everything else. You know, vegetable-grown products that are manufactured and made to look like food. How many people can't even read the label? have no clue what they're buying. I've shared with you what my wife bought recently. Unreally. Unreal. Now we're facing other issues. Just over a week ago, I was at the ER because of issues I was having with my gut. A lot of discomfort, a lot of pain. Lack of ability to poop. I was given two prescriptions went to my pharmacist. In fact, it was interesting because the pharmacy had received the order for these two prescriptions. I never got a notification about it. But I went directly from the ER up to the pharmacist to pick them up. And the pharmacist who typically works the late night shift said, Jeff, we didn't get any prescriptions. No orders. Well, I had them written down. I gave them to him, and he starts looking and said, oh, 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 yeah, here, here they are, here they are. But we we can't fill a prescription because of issues we're having with big pharma and government mandates. But there are some over-the-counter versions you can get. I found one of them. I couldn't find the other one. He came over and we looked and looked and looked. He said, my God, we don't have it. He said, you're going to have to go to CVS. I didn't get to CVS for another day or two. Found the one of the, the, the one missing prescription. It was reduced in the milligram factor. 
But I got it. It's all helping. But big pharma cannot deliver drugs that the Americans are dependent upon. No, the medical system has gotten millions of Americans so sick with their diet that they become dependent on the drugs they produce. And since the cyber attack last week, the drugs people rely on are now on a major delay. Pharmacies nationwide are reporting delays to prescription orders due to a cyber attack against one of the nation's largest healthcare technology companies, Change Healthcare, a company that handles orders and patient payments through the United States. And they first noticed the cybersecurity issue affecting its networks last Wednesday morning on the East Coast. And pharmacies across the country reported trouble processing prescriptions to insurance companies for payment after Change Healthcare, which, by the way, is a division of United Healthcare. They said it became victim of the cyber attack. And last Thursday, in regulatory filing, United Health blamed the hack on a suspected nation-state associated cybersecurity threat actor. You don't suppose it could have been China, would you? <laughs> and yet on top of all of this, our country continues to face greater trouble auctioning its debt. Huge upsurge in Treasury issuances to fund Bidenomics during a time when the Fed is no longer the buyer of first resort. Struggles to find enough buyers in what has become, by at least one measure, the worst 20-year Treasury auction on recent record. Bloomberg had written that it expected the auction to show plenty of positives, but it did not. And the yield rose well above the last auction of those 20-year pieces of paper, which theoretically were nothing more than clicks on a computer. The tail of the auction gave its worst score. A tail means that the last buyers to buy the last bonds left for sale on the auction paid a lower price, got a higher yield than those who bought first. A bad or long tail suggests low demand because it means the auction had to keep pushing prices lower and higher yields in order to find enough buyers to sell off the full allotment of bonds, which must all sell. And what all this means is the auction had to price down more than any on record since 20-year bond auctions were reintroduced in 2020. I guess in some respects, this is what the early stages of a severe recession look like. I mean, it's starting to look more and more like 2008, 2009 all over again. Those years were such a painful time for our country. In many ways, we still haven't fully recovered from the damage that was inflicted upon us during that era. But unfortunately, so many of the exact same things that we experienced then are happening all over again. Example, the Great Recession brought us the world's, the greatest foreclosure crisis in the history of our nation. 
And now foreclosures are beginning to spike here again in 2024. In fact, the number of new foreclosure filings in the U.S. just jumped 10% in a single month. Home foreclosures are on the up across the U.S. Americans continue to battle against soaring interest rates, rising costs. Last month alone, 37,679 properties had a foreclosure filing. That is according to fresh figures from real estate data provider Adam. It's A-T-T-O-M. And that was up 10% from the month prior. According to the pundits, that wasn't supposed to happen. But it did, didn't it? Folks, we don't get it. I'm not sure, honestly, that we ever will. It's simply unbelievable. Unbelievable what's going on. We're living in amazingly frustrating times. What in the hell is that? Uh, thank you. <laughs> I guess that's not necessarily what I'm looking at either. Where is it? What the heck is going on here? This is insane. My computer has gone absolutely bonkers. What in the hell is going on here? I don't understand. Everything was set. Everything was fine. Everything was going. This is marvelous. So now what I've got to do is, I don't know what. Just bear with me as I try to see if I can work my way through this. This is pure insanity. Absolute pure insanity. Come on, we got that, we got that. We'll try this one. And we'll try one more, if I can figure out what it was. Is that it? Is that it? I think we'll take that. Don't know what. We'll try it. No. Is there a reason I shouldn't be here today? This is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Oh, this is cute. The headline I published a couple of days ago. Our border has seen a 7,000% spike in Chinese illegal aliens since 2021. Top Republican warns of military-aged men and spies entering the U.S. who would wreak havoc in any war over Taiwan. U.S. Customs and Border Protection says it encountered 24,048 Chinese migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border 
in fiscal year 2023, which ended in September, that it was a 7,000% jump on the 323 who came amid the pandemic era lockdowns of 2021. So if these thousands of Chinese illegals, many of which we must assume have communist connections, if they spent $35,000 each to get here, where did all that money come from? Your average chinky-dink doesn't have that kind of cash, folks. So someone's got to be footing a tremendous bill to get them here. Anyone come to mind? (laughs) More Chinese nationals are encountered at the San Diego sector of the California-Mexico border nowadays than even Mexicans. Oh, but some of that changed, too. (laughs) It's simply unbelievable what we're facing simply unbelievable I grow exceptionally more and more frustrated as I'm sure that many of you do as well simply amazing now I had another piece I was going to share with you that has now disappeared with this issue that I was dealing with. So it's gone. We shut that off. We go to this. Well, foreign policy. The things we're dealing with after decades of foreign policy bungling, strategic defeats, the U.S. has never seemed weaker. Dictators around the world know it. The American century is ending with external adversaries outmaneuvering the United States in critical strategic contests worldwide. And yet internal extremists are destroying American leadership. So whether one believes, as American officials say they do, That the purpose of U.S. power is to enforce a rules-based liberal international order and defend human rights or whatever one believes, as Russian President Putin and his friends say they do. But the U.S. uses its espoused ideals as cover for rapacious empire building. It's clear Washington is capable of doing neither one effectively. We watched C-17s packed with fleeing Afghans take off from Kabul in the summer of 2021. Well, that was easy to understand. I mean, certainly America's adversaries understood. Three years later, two years into the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, which Joey makes damn sure we're funding, authoritarian regimes are tearing apart America's strategic projects. Washington's response is paralysis. The gears of its political machinery have been seized, corroded by partisan malice. And the breakdown of the U.S.-led global order is the underlying cause of what we are seeing. Trend since the end of the Second World War has been a narrowing of technological and economic disparities between 
the West and the rest. We shouldn't be unduly surprised that as the strategic gap narrows with the relative decline of the American global position, we see people coming, becoming more and more willing to challenge that said superpower. Of the 27 active global conflicts tracked by the Council on Foreign Relations, 17 are now characterized as worsening, including four that could have a critical impact on the U.S. In Ukraine, war is bursting out of the cage in which U.S. policymakers hope to keep contained. And the continuing loss of towns like Avdivka, after protracted fighting, incentivized Ukraine to strike deep inside Russia. Moscow increases their pressure on NATO, trying to break up the alliance supporting Kiev. There's talk of nuclear war with rhetoric that would make Nikita Khrushchev blush. If any of you remember who Khrushchev was. I certainly do. This current administration in D.C. can no longer help Ukraine defend itself. Oh, the claim is it's been thwarted by former President Trump who has seized control of the Republican Party while claiming he will let Russia do whatever they want with American allies. God, this is all such bullcrap. The MAGA movement has allegedly gone all in on backing Russia with billionaire Elon Musk providing money and a platform for nativist agitators like Tucker Carlson to advance Putin's agenda. House Speaker Mike Johnson GOP Senators Vance and Tuberville and Mike Lee run interference. Together, they're all spreading the lie that halting aid for Ukraine will stop the war, when in reality, it will only help a tyrant continue murdering and oppressed people. Of course, then you got China Joe. He's handed adversaries a propaganda coup by helping Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu embark on a months-long campaign of violent retribution in Gaza after a massive terror attack by Hamas on October the 7th. And all that's deepening divisions over foreign policy, shattering claims of moral standing. As a result of all of this, American allies now view Washington as more an agent of geopolitical chaos than stability. Timing couldn't be worse. Ad hoc authoritarian alliance, including Russia, Iran, China, North Korea, all coalescing into a mosaic of overlapping strategic interests, willing to use all available means to destroy the global order, grab territory, achieve hegemony, and to make everything worse. It's all working. Putin is inserting himself directly into the Gaza conflict by inviting Palestinian factions, including Hamas, to meet on Moscow yesterday. Tehran recently revealed it's helping Russia attack Ukraine by supplying hundreds of ballistic missiles. And the current U.S. showdown with Iran is itself the result of a a decade-long cooperative effort by Iran and Russia to challenge American military supremacy except America's military is becoming unbelievably weak. 
After more than 30 years of Middle East military intervention, the U.S. has not only failed to achieve its strategic goal of containing Iran, Tehran's influence is peaking. And all of this is seen in the cycle of violence that began when Israel responded to the October the 7th attacks with a war that was claimed has claimed thousands of lives so far, most of them civilians. And yet over the ensuing months, the conflict grew. Israel bombed Hamas, Hezbollah, Iranian targets in Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank, and Gaza. The U.S. hit Iranian targets in Syria and Iraq. Iran-backed Houthi militants in Yemen fired missiles at ships in the Red Sea. The U.S., U.K., bombed the Houthis. Iran carried out missile strikes in Iraq, Syria, Pakistan. Pakistan carried out airstrikes against Iran, Turkey, who bombed the Kurds in Syria and Iraq. Jordan bombed Iranian-backed drug leaders in Syria. Whoa, looks like we've got a break. Stick around. We'll come back talking about Somali pirates. They're all getting in on the action. Check. Stay with us. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk. Real people. Because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. 
Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. commentary about this insane number of wars that we're involved with. What it's costing us economically and otherwise. And we sit there listening to Dylan singing about everything is broken. We got an election coming up later this year. And thus far, it seems to be Joey against Trumpy. I'm sorry. I have no use for either one. For two totally different reasons. Trump, number one, has been a lousy so-called leader for the 40-odd years he's been in public There's never thing a, never been a thing positive that has benefited this nation. There's still far too many questions about economics in that man's family. Who bought whom? Who owes whom? Who controls whom? I think last week I shared a couple of headlines with you dealing with a potential candidate that could easily replace Joe Biden. Now, there is a distinct belief that with all that's taking place, Biden, who has every intention, if he's got the brains, to pursue re-election. And even if he were to win as the candidate for the Democratic Party. That after he would win, 
he would step down and be replaced by one Michelle Obama. At present time, she tops Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton, and Gavin Newsom as a replacement for Biden, if Biden should drop out. There's a new poll out there reveals who Democrats would want on the ticket and how likely they feel that Biden won't run. I mean, come on, more and more news keeps coming out that Kamala ain't no choice. Oh, unless you were at one time the mayor of San Francisco. Uh, That's a different story. Hmm. Can you imagine that? Uh, Michelle Obama's only 60. Oh, she's claimed multiple times she's not interested in running for office and has admitted she's terrified of the outcome of this year's election. But she still has not addressed recent theories that her name could be on the Democratic ticket if Biden were to leave the race. And I think most of us sincerely believe that Barack Obama is still in office. His third term. Controlling the strings in the background. Pretty well controlling what Joey does, says. Etc. Etc. There's more infighting going on within the hallowed halls of the Senate and Congress. More and more people dropping out. One of them, Green, I guess, changed his mind. Has decided not to drop out. He wants to stay in. It is just appalling to me. My cousin and I had an interesting discussion about these very issues last night. For some reason, I've never had her email address. She sent it to me. I'm going to send her some of these headlines over. Let her take a look. But it's, to me, it's scary, the thought of Michelle Obama or Michael or whatever its name is. taking possession of that. It's interesting. I've got a video at Federal Observer right now that I published. It was a real surprise. It's a video of Obama. I don't know when this thing was done. White hair. Oh, this video was done in 2012. It's called Say What? When a 2012 video says it all. If I was sitting in a position I once did with my equipment, my studio, etc., etc., I could turn on the audio and let you hear it. But And it it's just lasts a short couple of minutes. It's spooky. Real spooky. We're in trouble, people. Election. Eh. 
validity of elections are being told more and more to prove the reality that the parties control our elections. It's no longer a democracy when the parties control them. Coming out of the 1960s civil rights era, most teens registering to vote joined their parents' political party. And a lot of them didn't know they had a choice to be an independent voter. But then times and circumstances change now, don't they? Our author split from the Democratic Party and declared his independence years ago. Propensity to put party over people has not created a space for those of us who don't perfectly align with their agenda. But we could say that about whichever party we support, can't we? The local party, along with national brand, has lost the trust of many because of this rigidity. Big tent? I don't see it. There are those who were deeply disturbed by the erosion of the fundamentals of democracy for a long time. Our author, a black woman, by the way, watched through her lens the racism, the misogyny unleashed during the Trump administration was a personal assault. And from the immediate dissolution of the pandemic response team to governmental attacks on historically black and women's institutions to the encouragement of the terrorist attacks in Charlottesville, things quickly became more horrific. Since 1865, a consistent theme in building our democracy, growing ever more urgent, has been securing the right to vote for every American. And as a child, our author accompanied her parents by the voting to the voting center every election day. And that tradition was not uncommon among black working and middle class families. Kids like our author were thrilled to observe the ritual, watching her parents fulfill the sacred duty to vote. That was an event. And in places throughout America today, the two major political parties have made a concerted effort to block the right that every registered voter should have. Something as simple as participating in primary elections. But in a dozen states, in the District of Columbia, registered voters who don't belong to a political party are denied the right to vote in any primary election. Most states limit participation in at least some primaries. This is not what the civil rights leaders fought and died for in achieving passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Those trailblazers marched. They bled. They died for our author's right to vote. And now here we sit in 2024. I'd like to see those rights restored. Our author demands her constitutional right to vote without joining a political party. It's way past time. To some degree, it was a part of the conversation with my cousin last night. She was a registered Republican most of her life. 
excuse me, Democrat. But little by little, things began to change, and she began to vote Republican. She apparently did so by registering as an independent in her state, Oklahoma. Too many problems. There are local elected leaders expressing support for statehood. They plead that statehood is a voter suppression issue in a city that has already granted the right for non-citizens to vote in local elections, barring independence from this writer from voting in the primaries is a slap in the face. Why don't these same politicians defend her right to vote in the primaries with just as much vigor? So she was told, you have a choice, register as a Democrat. That's not a choice, she said. It's a directive. It's not very democratic. In fact, it feels downright autocratic. We're long past the days when the party, any party, should be able to rule who can participate at the polls. In the long run, what political party can be successful that refuses to build bridges with the largest group of voters in America? After all, 43% of voters across the country identify as independent. That constitutes a larger proportion of voters than either of the major parties. Let that settle in, folks. How would Democrats feel that the state told them they must register as Republicans to cast their ballots? Our author's right to vote is guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States. How can the D.C. Democratic State Party override the U.S. Constitution? Uh-huh. Honey, they're doing it every chance they can. How can the D.C. Democratic State Party override the U.S. Constitution? Primaries are public elections run by the government, paid for by the taxpayer. But Lisa Rice concludes by saying the first bold step to move toward a government that chooses people over politics, country over party, is to liberate independent voters and let them vote. She says, let's end voter oppression here in D.C. by opening the primaries to independent voters. Lisa says, we deserve the right to exercise the franchise. End of commentary. Hmm. I just nodded off asleep for a moment. Sorry about that. Author's name is Lisa Rice. I look at these things more and more each and every day. I truly want to vomit. I truly want to vomit. Hmm. We're being murdered, folks, in more ways than one. We're being controlled in so many ways. 
I think I... Hmm. Yeah. This is terrible. I hope to God I can stay awake for the next hour. I am wiped out. I, I, I had a very strange night last night. I went out very late to get something to eat. I think I'd passed out for an hour and a half or so and went to take a shower and hadn't eaten for six, seven hours. I think I'm going to go get something to eat. As it was my birthday yesterday, the folks at the restaurant who know me all well, they uh, picked up a tab for my meal. And it's it's settled well. Felt good to me. And we discussed a number of issues, many of which are along the lines of what we've been talking about. And I came back home and eventually was able to go to sleep. And I woke up with this strange nightmare. It has something to do with a painting that hangs in our house. It's been with me my entire 76 years on this planet. Painted in oil crayon in the year 1880, the year my great-grandmother was born. It was painted by the woman who would one day become my great-grandmother's art teacher, teaching my great-grandmother how to paint. And I began to realize that my kids and I began to see images Images of the where I grew up in Wisconsin in the earlier years. What Grandma's house looked like. The color. The barn. The little tiny garage as she parked her car. A 1932 Chevrolet five-window coupe which ultimately became my first car. Later, she parked a 1960 Hillman Husky station wagon. That became my second car. Insane. And I began trying to think, where are all those pictures? So I got up and went to my bookshelf looking for the picture albums. And they're all gone. And all of a sudden I realized they're in a box in the garage. I'm going to have to get them down and look. I want my grandchildren to see what I grew up with. I know somewhere in there is a picture of that painting. A painting that hangs in my living room. The painting that I grew up looking at was in my great-grandmother's bedroom, second story of her house, house that was built before the Civil War. 
and a painting that never stopped moving me. One day, my grandmother, at the age of 100, asked if there's anything of hers that I wanted when she passed. All I wanted was the painting because I knew when no one else would understand it. No one else spent the time with her than I did. I'd lay in bed at night looking at that painting before we'd go to sleep. Every night that I stayed with her. I began to think about the cottage that I was, my first home when I was brought home from the hospital after I was born. I can still see the inside of that cottage. I remember the days and the years watching the Ed Sullivan program on television when Presley came on, believe it or not. Yeah. Being able to walk outside the front door of that cottage and look down the ravine. Look at the cracks and the crevices in the ground that took me down the hill of Thomas Lake for fishing. When that kind of stuff goes through your head, it's very shut it's very difficult to shut it all down. Makes it difficult to sleep. And because of it I just got up this morning. I had an appointment at 10. I woke up at 5. After maybe two hours worth of sleep. I took an hour nap today. Before getting up for the program. I can sleep. And sleep and sleep. And when I get off the air, it's probably what I'm going to do. And the problem is I'll wake up at 10 or 11 or 12 o'clock at night tonight and start the whole damn process all over again. Becoming more and more frustrating. Elections. What a joke. It's not a democracy when the parties control our elections. And that is what they are doing. (laughs) My friend Charles and I have got interesting games going on with new writings from him. Next hour, we're going to share one of them with you. And more and more, we're finding titles for his work based upon the titles of old books. Sometimes they're titles that his great-great-grandfather wrote under. Charles Dickens, same name. But I begin to look back in that same kind of a general time period and come across other interesting titles that fit what we're living through in this world today. And I keep coming up with new stuff, and he gets into it. 
his thought processes are very much like mine. We're burned out, we're aggravated, we're so worn out with so much that we're experiencing today. It's horrific. I don't know how we're going to survive, people. I don't know how we're going to come out of all of this. Stay with us. I'll be back in a few minutes for the second hour of Perspectives on America. Fact bit number one. What goes in must come out. Whatever we ingest, breathe in, or transfer by contact must be expelled. Expelled directly as burned calories, through perspiration, respiration, or expelled via urinary and gastric channels. Every element that is not properly used or removed by our bodies become toxins. And toxins, as we know, are causal to every disease and ailment. Toxins are what makes us subpar, unable to be at our best. Be your healthy best by cleansing your body of daily and deeply embedded toxins. Live stronger, and we hope live longer. Shilajit, legit Shilajit, that is, like Colorado Shilajit, is perhaps the greatest homeopathic whole body remover of toxins made by Mother Earth. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 